Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. Oh, Mega Van Basel's our quiz master. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I, I had heard about it. I had heard about it. And me being the super Bowls man I am, I brought a Bowls jersey with me and gave it to him. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball. You know, that wasn't an All-Ireland winning performance. Probably should have won the game based on the second half performance. Is it a step too far to say it was the performance so far of the World Cup? Maybe not. OTBAN's performance rankings. I'm, I'm, I'm scratching my head. That performance is just like that intensity. Boom. Am I right in saying Kenny's last All-Ireland was, what, 2015? 15, yeah. So Cats of Nine Lives is going to be nine years next year. I just made that up on the spot. Isn't that good? Anyway, Kenny, like, you mentioned that own Cody little jink. Past uh, Kean Lynch, that was the 25th minute. The run and the stick work. The following minute, Nicky Quaid pucks it out straight to Richie Reid. Points. The following minute, Barry Nash over carrying. TJ pops over the free. Those three points in a row, I'm thinking, this is a lovely little period for Kilkenny. And then, obviously, don't piss off Limerick, because that's exactly what happened. And um, was, there, was there ever a moment we thought Kilkenny were going to win the game? Possibly. Yep. Half time, I was like, this is a very real probability. Then Limerick, had, I think the first couple of scores the second half but then Kenny of course push on a little bit more get a goal uh, the goal that breaks the net and um, that's all she wrote really isn't it there was a moment at the start of the second half you're waiting for that famous third quarter from Limerick and funny they had the best second half they probably had in this John Kiley era but they actually were slowing up in the first five minutes of the second half Tom Feenan went on this great solo run and should have passed it to yeah. TJ in hindsight of course should have passed it and that could have helped the cause you could argue well, Galan had a chance in the first 30 seconds of the second half. If his, his touch was a bit off, it was fired into him. And if his touch was good, that was almost a certain goal. So there's chances either end. The biggest question you have to say is, how much does it cost to change the wedding venue and date? And is it worth doing that if your wedding is going to be on the same day or same weekend as an All-Ireland Vital? Because that is tough to do both. What's he going to do now? What's Buckley going to do now? Have a honeymoon. Have a honeymoon and think about, <clears throat> Jesus, was that all worth it? Was it? I'd still have fun. Um... Like yeah, yeah, that was the timing was terrible. I think I, I'm sure they booked it a couple of years ago before the uh, schedule and the calendar. Well, got of the a few GA fixtures was changed. No, they, they booked it this year. Did they? But then didn't realize that. So this the All Ireland final is a week earlier this year. Of course. Anyway, and it's it's not going to be somebody's making the point that it's not going to go back that much further next year because Coldplay have already been booked for 2024 for the last two weekends of August. So maybe it's only the last weekend. Anyway. Yeah, 29th and 30th. We'll talk about this later. The the fixtures and the scheduling and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, the positive from Kilkenny's point of view, the intensity, they, they were scoring from turnovers in the first half. Hugh Lawler uh, was having a good game on game. I think as well. Kilkenny are in the red here because they did about as well as they could possibly have done and they got blown out in the last 10 minutes. Like, it didn't feel like a nine-point game. It It really didn't. However, in retrospect now, that was what we were saying last night, now it feels like... Uh, there was an inevitability because they started to lose everything at the start of the second half. They started to lose in their half-back line. They started to lose in midfield. They started to lose um, in the half-forward line as well, even though they were playing about as well as they could have done. There's a few wides in the first half when they have opportunities. Mm. Walter Walsh, I'm sure, would, would if he had his time back, would pass into the inside forward line and, and try and create something slightly different than taking on the shots that he took on. I actually thought from general play, he did okay. Like, uh, you know, Kyle Hayes certainly wasn't dominating at the start the way Kyle Hayes did dominate later on. Now, I know they moved him off him relatively quickly, but I don't think there's much more Kilkenny could do. A few players could play way better, like Adrian Mullen. I think the, the lack of hurling over the course of the season caught up with him yesterday. Um, but other than that, like, 
they don't have much else that they can point to and say we're going to be better for this experience we're going to be better next season because like next season TJ's a year older Richie's a year older Richie Reid I'm talking about uh, will Richie Hogan be back I'm not sure like after that um, there's probably a few others I'm just not thinking off the top of my head uh, and in the first half they got the puck out really right in the second half they couldn't do anything about it so that's why I'd have them in the red because this is about as this might be as good as it gets for them there was a point too as well just before half time uh, Kilkenny were four points up Keown I think hit the post um, with an easy enough chance for a point but it was actually fortuitous because it came down to Owen Cody Goal and he tried chance. to replicate his goal again but it was an extremely tight angle he put it across goal but had he scored that that was seven points just before half time instead they went down the other end and, and Morris got his point yeah. yeah now TJ had a free after that which is central and he put it wide but then immediately scored a free afterwards there was a different sense that Kenny were targeting goals and I guess the, the narrative in advance of the game was they're going to need goals to beat this Limerick team because Limerick are going to probably hit 30 points, exactly what we expected them to hit. Um, like They probably needed leaders in the second half. Adrian Mullen, you mentioned, didn't really step up in the second half. Oh. TJ Reid probably... I mean, TJ's performance in the second half wasn't fantastic, but then none of the Kenny players could really get out, get, get out of the, the the second or third gear in the second half. Like... They, they completely controlled that Limerick half-back line in the first half, which was really, really impressive because it just isn't very regularly done. Um, but I mean, when you, was it 11 Limerick players scored from play at one 11, point? 11, yeah. Like, that's... You can't legislate for that and you can't control that. Um, Can you? Like... No, it's Limerick. They just have so much so much shooting talent across the pitch. I know a lot of yeah. other teams at the top, top tier do, but like... They were winning their battles in the second half, Limerick, all over the pitch. And in the first half, you could say Hugh Lawler was on top of Gillan. There was other battles that, that maybe were going Kenny's way, but and Owen Murphy's puckouts were working as well. But that didn't last. And I don't even think it's a fitness thing. It's just Limerick almost switching the gear when they want to. I'd say the the class of 2023 between Kilkenny and Galway should go on a night out <laughs> and just discuss the post-traumatic stress of what Limerick do to you in the second half because they put both sides in the semi-final and final, respectively, put so much intensity into their performances yeah. and they ran out of steam and that's when Limerick got going it's like like fighting a heavyweight boxer where you give it your all and then that's not enough and you get knocked out that's the feeling playing Limerick Derek, Derek Ling mentioned the decisions uh, at the end after the match he said we didn't get the 50-50s there was a couple of other decisions and on 58 minutes there was that moment where there's what point or two in it and the 65 Kenny should have had a 65 should they it was definitely it definitely touched the Limerick man last. Did it? Definitely. I, I only saw one replay of it now and it looked like No, hundred percent. It was fair enough. Yeah, yeah, I I know I think it was sixty five. Like it, it appeared to touch the Limerick lad and then he, he let let it go thinking it was a Kenny lad who last touched it, but it, the last touch for me was a Limerick all day long. Um they scored straight off the puck out. Yeah. So it's a two point uh, swing. Two point swing, it was mad, but Look, I, I I understand where Derek Ling is coming from. I don't think it changed the. I think it's the delaying the inevitable. Really, yeah, possibly. But like, look, they're in the red, so we should explain why I suppose or justify why. Like from the twenty eighth minute onwards, they scored one seven compared to Limerick's twenty five points. But on the other side, they're how in would the you red ev- because it's not getting any better than this. But how how would you evaluate Ling's first year? Or has uh, this nothing to do with Ling because of Limerick? Uh, I think, I think, I think they were like they provided a different challenge. I think like. Um, I think they got a lot right in terms of setting up the first half to to try and take stuff on in the second half, but they couldn't. They couldn't get the short puck out of the way in the second half, and so uh, you're bombing balls down on the tallest, biggest half back line in the history of the game. And you know what's going to happen? 
you're going to get the ball straight back at you, straight over your head, do it again, straight again. It's like, oh my God. So uh, whatever it was that they were able to do in the first half, they couldn't in the second. Now, I'm going to talk more with Anthony Nash about this on Friday, um, but he was making the point after the game that the the wind had a really significant impact in the first half and that it was holding up Nicky Quaid's puck out. Yeah. And so that was allowing Kilkenny to push on and like explode into it when in the second half Limerick could do that to the Kilkenny puck out. That was game over. Um, At half time one of the pundits in the studio was talking about the fact that Limerick need to do something different here. They, they might need to just completely change something. But then I, I was also concerned in the second half and this has been pointed out in the comments as well. I would have liked to have seen a little bit of shithousery from Kilkenny in the second half when things were going. I don't think they had any energy left to be a shithouse. As, as Corky says in the comments, can't understand how no Kilkenny player had a, hadn't a contact lens, lens issue in the second half. Something needed to be done to try and stop the juggernaut. But like, some, did, I, I didn't see anything different or unique. The difference is when Quaid had his issue, he knew that Limerick had so much uh, storage to fall back on. Whereas like, you can delay the inevitable. Like we're saying, you can go down and waste a bit of time, but you still have to get up and play on. You still have to be proactive. And I'm not sure they had anything left to give. Like, And yet still this game was pretty close up until the last 15 minutes. Mm. I mean, 30 scores to 17. That's why they're in the red. They did as well as they could and they got blown out at the end. That, Which is the most frustrating thing. That I, I don't think there's anything in those 50-50s conversation. Like, there's nothing that you can say as a Kilkenny person today and go, if we had just done this, this and this, like, it, it could have been different. It could not have been different. The best team won by a mile. I'm not sure I agree with you, Jerry. Though that, that this is the end of this Kilkenny team, that's why they're in the red. I don't like, think that I don't think that they can close the gap on this Limerick team. Is the point? It's not the end of the team. I think next year they'll be back, and very very likely they'll be in an All Ireland semi final because, you know, uh, what's going on in Galway? I don't know. Uh, but more than likely, it's going to be Kilkenny in an All Ireland semi final against the second best team from uh, from Munster because of the way the system is is set up, and there's every chance they'll be back in an All Ireland final next year. But what are they going to do differently? Yeah, I think Limerick have a tougher tougher monster than they do in the back end of the All Ireland. Like they seem to have Galway and Kilkenny's number, uh, but Clare on a good day, you never know. Tip on a better day, maybe. Mm. Uh, but that's what you're kind of clutching at straws, really. At the same time, you know. Also, they Kilkenny had kind of an inability to deal with Keane Lynch moving up to centre forward. Yeah, uh, the what the last seven minutes of the first half. So in midfield he was doing alright and he seems to do a lot more damage when he switched it really. Man of the match in the Ireland final is a big deal. They should have given it to Keane Lynch. Like, or it, Burns. We'll come back yeah. to this. Uh, yeah, or, or Burns I think because Burns in the first half wasn't as good as he was in the second half. Um, no but you're right. When, when Kenny were, like, they were six points ahead. I know that's not a mountain lead against this hurling side. Mm. But they were six here. And you have to think like if it was for Keane Lynch yeah who knows what would have happened? Like it's Lynch a, it's, was the only man who stood up. It's a dominant display when the team are struggling, and that's the hallmark of absolute quality. So anyway, uh, that, that's my only quibble. Yeah, we'll get back to Limerick. Uh, we'll move on into the other red uh, this morning and Irish golf. Very harsh. Very harsh. Very harsh. Very harsh. Should be here. Well, we shouldn't be lumping them all in. So the way I'll explain the weekend from an Irish perspective: Brian Harmon, of course, winning a bit of a. I guess, procession towards the finish line for, for Brian Harmon. His first major title, a six-shot win for him. One under round of 70 yesterday. Nice and easy for him. Uh, 13 under. John Ram among those players and joined second with Sepp Straka, Tom Kim and Jason Day. From an Irish perspective, so uh, four players missing the cut. Darren Clark on eight over. Alex Maguire, 10 over. Seamus Power and Shane Lowry both on four over. All failing to make the weekend. Patrick Harrington, slightly better weekend, made the cut. Um and I guess the reason we're talking about this is, is Roy McIlroy tied for sixth 
um, par or better for every single round. Uh, as he said afterwards, he was quite happy, obviously not to have not won. And the drought, uh, major drought continues into a, a decade tenth next year. year. Yeah, tenth year. Uh, start, started the final round yesterday very strongly. Three birdies from the third hole on. But then the heavy rain came in. Momentum was lost. And um, I think he's playing really well. The Scottish Open last week has highlighted that. Um, and he can be pretty proud of himself. Of course, he has once again not won a major. And I see your smirk, chair, But... Uh, <laughs> I don't think Rory McIlroy has earned a place in the red after his performance the weekend. This content-driven man, like, you either win or you lose, according to Jurgen Roy. And oh. if you don't win the Open, it's not you're black in red. and white. It's not you know black what I mean? and white. You can improve, you can play well. It doesn't necessarily mean you're red. You can't put McIlroy in the same colour as Shane Lowry. Golf's a hard who sport. Who missed the cut and smashed his club. Or actually, he didn't smash it. He kind of just bent it. Very smoothly and calmly, kind of sociopathically, like, and it just snapped right there. He just walked away with no emotion in his face. Um, you can't lump him in. Well, uh, sorry. How, how many majors did they both win this year? Oh, my God. This is the end of the major season, right? So yeah. it's not just the British Open we're talking about here. Like, Rory's season was built around winning one of the four, but particularly the Masters. And then, okay, I'll make do with my, my Open victory that stops my 10-year drought. And last week... And I, I was the one arguing for to put him in green last week because he was sensational and he's going to have a brilliant rest of the season. It's very likely he might end up winning again both of the tours, right? And it'll be a great achievement. At the end of his career, he looked back and go, yeah, I was the dominant golfer outside of the majors for those years. And he will feel not great about himself not winning the majors. Like Rory's in the red because Rory's, Rory would view himself in the red. He might say, I'm doing great. It's, you know, it's my pudding is like Harrington is like, if he can't put like this and win a major. He just can't. I don't know if you saw on Saturday, he opened up and he was ripping the course apart. At that stage, John Ram had just ripped the course apart and it looked like this is going to be one of the all-time great opens because you assumed Harmon was going to come back to us. But he missed the birdie put on, was it, did it go birdie, par, birdie, birdie? And it should have been birdie, 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 eagle. But he missed two putts. And you were like, oh, that's just, they're just slipping away. And then hit every green in regulation for the first nine holes. And then the drive went a little bit wayward in the back nine. And the whole thing frittered out and he couldn't buy a putt. And even yesterday, even yesterday when he starts to get going, he just couldn't get the putts to drop to start making the crowd be noisy and to make Harmon be sitting there going, uh-oh, uh-oh. But he could do it. Because his putting is not good enough at the moment. He won last week with his putting exactly like his, this. No, his putting wasn't exactly like this. Last week, he, the put, some of the putts dropped. The putts yeah, dropped in 17 and 18 last week that, that weren't dropping this week. And that's the problem with, with McElroy is like absolutely sensational. But he's such a streaky putter that it's either hot or it's absolutely ice cold. And it was ice cold on Saturday and ice cold on Sunday. And he's, he doesn't want to be in the amber. He doesn't want to be patronised by you two. No, no, no. Oh, Rory, well done. you you got a top ten in yeah, a major. He wouldn't, want you, as, he wouldn't I, want you as a coach or a confidant. Would you rather be, you're telling him he's this big loser because he haven't won a major in ten years. It's not that. Pick, would you rather be patronised in amber or disrespected in red, Jer? He's being disrespected being put in red, to be honest with you. Like, tied for sixth at the Open. Friends don't bullshit you, Shane. No, of course they don't. And, and he should be winning majors. But he did not play badly at, like, at the weekend. He played great, but he can't buy a putt. And that's why he can't be in amber. It's like three quarters of my game is great. Drive for show... Cut for dough. You can't. No, you can't. You just can't put him in red. Like, uh, this time yesterday, 
were building up as like maybe he could do it. No. And then a few hours into no, no, Sunday, no, no. Sa- we're like, Jesus, he started, he started off quite well. No, 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 he started no, no. Off, and it you was, never know what McElroy. You never was, know what McElroy. You do. It was gone on Saturday. It was absolutely gone on Saturday. And he knew it coming off and his face knew it on the back nine on Saturday. It was, it was over on Saturday. There wasn't a hope in hell. He, he could have shot a 63 yesterday and it still wouldn't have mattered because it was over. It was there, gone. There's no way McElroy thinks he's in red. McElroy thinks he's in amber, right? Because if he thinks he's in red, he's never going to be in contention again. If he goes by your attitude, where this guy, he's, his putting's letting him down, he's three quarters of his game, he's just not good enough anymore. If he doesn't fix his putting, he's never going to win another major. He said himself after the round, right? He <coughs> says, every time I tee it up, I'm right there. I can't sit here and be too frustrated. Overall, it was a solid performance, not spectacular. That's the definition of the performance rankings, Amber. It was solid, but not spectacular. Like, he has literally told us to put him in Amber. By, like, his, it, literally, his post-round interview yesterday was him going, put me in Amber. He's, uh, he's had the same level of success in the, in the major championships this year as, you know, everybody who didn't oh, win But one. that's like, uh, well, okay, you're just looking. It, it, it is binary for McElroy at this stuff, stage in his like. career. It is, it is, I'm telling you. So, he, so okay, he's going to win. He's, he's going to walk around with the wheelbarrow and they're going to fill it with cash every week between now and the end of the season. And it's great. And, I, I, you know, it's fair play to him. And it's really important for golf that McElroy continues to be the one that everybody wants to watch. And I understand that. But at the same time, it is binary now at this stage in his career in terms of whether or not that was a good week or a bad week. He's not thinking that was a grand week because he didn't win. Like, he's going to have loads of great weeks for the rest of the season. And I still think, I actually think that the Scottish Open, the way he managed to see that out, like, I think that's going to be important to him into the future. Mm. And I, I do think he probably will win a major. But And then the dams will open. He's in the reds today. Because he didn't get it done over the weekend. I don't think so. Did you hear his uh, interview with Sky after his round yesterday? But but they all have to. All the golfers lie to each other. They, Reference the Ryder Cup. Golfers have had the yips, and they're like, "No, I don't have the yips." No, no, what are you talking about? If you heard it, go on, go if on. You heard it. He was very self-critical in other performances this year, in majors even, and he said, "No, today wasn't bad. This weekend, not so bad." It's very disappointing not to win. Not the man who's talking about himself in the red. A guy who's saying there's room for improvement. A guy who's saying I'm nearly there. A guy who's saying I know I'm still good enough and I just need that little bit more. Certainly not a guy who's in the red. Let me put it this way here. An Irish golfer yesterday, Rory McIlroy, secured his 20th top 10 finish in a major since he last won one. That's pretty consistent. I mean, yeah, the man, I the man think, to put yeah. some respect on his name This there. sport what? is ruthless and brutal and doesn't lend itself to performance rankings because there's only one winner every weekend. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. golf is tough. It, wasn't, it wasn't Rory this weekend. He was in the green last week when he won. But it was the, the, the season for McIlroy's built around. That's patronising. It wasn't. It was yeah, the, that would have been. The, the finish on 17 and 18 last week was absolutely spectacular. No, brilliant. Yeah, totally. Did we put him in the green? I don't think we did. We did. I did insisted we? on putting him in the green. No, I don't you, think we did. Uh, we did. I don't remember typing in Murray McIlroy last We must week. have. If you won the Scottish I think you might have mentioned it, but I, I think it was an honourable mention. No. I don't think it was there. It was in the green. Sure, we'll go back and check. Someone will, someone will no, we won't. Well, we, we've only talked. This is what we, how we end up. We only talk about Rory because Paul had a decent weekend, but then the other Irish lads had howlers. Like Lowry breaks his club off his neck, uh, not as as violent as that sounds, but kind of bent it around his, the back of his neck. Um, so I think he'd be disappointed with his performance, Shane Lowry. Um, I mean, a six over seventy seven on Friday. And then he lost in the back nine, uh, to be honest. So his frustration got, got the better of him. By the way, Patrick Harrington was, was asked about it afterwards. And he said, what do you, what do you make of Shane Lowry breaking his club? And he was like, well, pl- golfers are allowed to lose their cool as long as they don't damage the course. Yeah, he didn't care. 
I didn't give back. I mean, no, they're mates. I mean, I think he's right. Larry wants to break his club. He's got. Yeah. They're going to fix that. They'll fix that for him. They'll give him a new one. It'll be grand. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you're allowed to show a bit of frustration. I think. Uh, and Brian Harmon, fairy tale uh, week for him. Twenty sixth in the world. Just the third left hander to win the Open, huh. lads. Uh, Bob Charles in nineteen sixty three and Phil Mickelson in twenty thirteen. So what's that? Fun fact. Um, it was very underwhelming, wasn't it, when he won? Absolutely buckling him down on a Sunday evening. Yeah. The kind of polite applause from the crowd. I know. He took it well and then he's just walking off into the distance and I Oh is Tommy, is Tommy Fleetwood also in the Amber Lads, is he? Uh, Why? Because yeah. he did well. I mean come earned on. a lot more money for himself in oh, They don't again. care about the and money. Someday, They're so rich they don't care about the money anymore. He will win it. Unless it's live you know, money. I'm 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 extra. glad father in golf like you would break these people's spirits. Why is Jordan Henderson not in the red? Do we miss an opportunity here? You know, you know, you have an opportunity to influence these beforehand. I do, I do. Well, it's yeah. just it's coming to me now. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You can Sorry, why am I united on the red? The glazers are sticking around. Do we miss this too? This would be. I love this. Are you just suppressing this? Do you know, this would yeah. be great. But uh, well, look, this is what we went with, and I think uh, it's fair. You could talk to me united if you like, rather not. Ah. Well, we we will. Mm. We have a good amber though. The season is nearly upon us. We're like ten days away from the uh, Community Shield. Yeah. Is it that? Is it that close? Jesus, it is. Right. Always thinks up when you deal community shield. Who's in it this year? City and who won the cup? City and City. City, City against the, who came second? Presume Arsenal. 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 City Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. Man United yeah. for finishing City Arsenal. runners up in the cup. No. I think it's usually the Premier League runners up. Is it's it? It's Premier League runners up. Yeah. Second. Uh, United City Arsenal. The correction. Uh, we we'll move on to the amber. Yeah. GA coverage and the GA fixtures. Generally speaking, the Camogie uh, fixtures at the weekend went a little bit under the radar. Um, not least because it's all out at Hurland final weekend as well but so you put Waterford Camogie in the green right yeah of course and they're through is it 78 70 something years 78, 78 years 78 yeah. years since they've been in and uh, they both all Ireland semi-finals puck of the ball in the in between the two of them mm. and the uh, LGFA semi-finals are next weekend but they're getting almost no coverage at the moment compared with uh well, the main the main bit of coverage about the LGFA and women's football season, Gaelic football, have been about the non-strike strike, right? That has been the significant thrust of the coverage, as opposed to analysis of the matches and uh, everybody knowing exactly what's going on. But there's been big surprises or big-name teams have been going out and struggling, uh, particularly in the football. And in the hurling, you've got this incredible bubbling up of Waterford, who might be about to win an All-Ireland before the men's team. Uh, and... It's getting almost no coverage. I just think it's a, instead of aping what the men did with their season, there was a big opportunity for the women to let the men rush through. Like, okay, you've made a bad decision there. You've 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 hand the summer rest of the summer over to soccer and whatever else is going on, and they could have sat back and gone, well, it leaves us free for like all of August and the first two weeks of September, and we're going to have an all Ireland hurling slash camogie final on the first Sunday in September, like there always is. It's just it's going to be the women's, and I thought that was like. I thought it was a fairly obvious thing to do. Obviously, the split season—they don't own their own pitches—and this is all part of the, this is all part of the GA. You know, now you've got to do what we're doing, just in case you know uh, everybody realizes these sports are amazing and you get all the coverage. I don't know what the like. I, anyway, what what's the rush? Why what? are we flaking through this? Like, I don't. I know it's you're talking about the men's now, right? Everything, everything. The last intercounty fixture is Sunday, the thirteenth of August. It's just around the corner. I know it's for the club game. But my argument is club game's too parochial for everyone to be interested in. If you want to spread the game to the widest audience, what are you rushing for? This is great at the moment. Like It's adrenaline rush. It's like now we're on to the football final. It's brilliant. Very exciting. But like there's absolutely no room to breathe or reflect. 
Yeah, I, I disagree somewhat on the club. The club thing. Club is parochial by its very definition, but I, I also think club is only parochial because we, it doesn't get the, the, the space to breathe, as you say. Like it needs space to breathe in order for people to become. Doesn't need that much space. Well, like uh, do you know, we were all interested in the Kilmacud Lens Lens stuff last year because it had. A but that was ruined. an extraordinary moment, and it was nothing to do with the fixture list. Yeah, it was mental. But but like the club fixtures. So, uh, so uh, did Glenn beat Kilku in the Ulster final or Ulster semi final? Ulster club final, yeah. Ulster club final. Like, um, so how many people were legitimately interested in that? Because I, I would have been on your side, Shane, the whole way through. I just don't feel like it has justified the handing over. Um, so, Glenn played Kilku, if if memory serves, and fairly controversial on the field afterwards. There's like. Well, what they were doing was completely unacceptable. And uh, I was like, oh, this is very interesting, isn't it? But, like, it kind of was a tiny little, just a little, a little kind of bubble of a story, and then it disappeared. But if anybody had, like, if, if that was an intercounty game, where on the field afterwards they're like, oh, that's completely unacceptable, <clears throat> we would still be talking about it. So I'm not sure it has crossed over to mainstream. Yeah, but it's give it a bit of time. Like, the Dublin Senior Championship is, is very competitive. Kilmico don't necessarily walk it. Uh, no, but uh, they don't play very interesting football. No, they don't. Like, there's a, a black death element to a lot of, uh, to some of the club teams, for whatever reason. Yep. They don't play the same swashbuckling style as the county team. Like, I, 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 like I was in Galway last summer and I went to a couple of Galway club championship matches just on a... Uh, on a Sunday just to watch it yeah. I, and I have no re- and I had no affiliation with any of the teams So, but that's you have a tourist passing interest in it yeah but is that not the, is, that not the, is that not the type of people they're trying to draw into the club game I don't know I don't think, I don't think uh, well, well the, 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 the other county fans that have no interest in club until they actually watch a match and they're like oh this is actually really high quality well, like if you watch Glen Kilcoo that's really it's, it's high quality football a lot of them are inter-county players anyway no if the, if the general motivation if the overall goal is to promote the club game in a much better way then yeah this is a huge success but I also thought that the GA's mandate was to spread the game to the widest number of people and you're alienating a huge cohort by doing this but in my how, opinion but are you not are you not bringing in all, are you not like you're giving the club game space how's that have, alienating them we have seven months to, to have this debate well, I know, but I'll be look it's there for a reason I'm saying also I know we're going to talk to Seamus Hickey here about Limerick and we're going to do a lot on Limerick I see one comment there saying that we're not doing enough celebrating Limerick but one question I will ask is uh, John Kiley 13 and 13 finals 100% record is this Limerick side the best ever or do they have to win it next year to make it statistically uh, we're moving on to Limerick and Green yeah yeah yeah. before we finish Um, uh, that was the point I was making about the conversation with Nash on Friday I was like can't say that now and it's hard not to say it now basically Mm -hmm. that's uh, you know Obviously, if they win next year, it, it ends all debate. Well, that, but that's what I'm saying. I don't know. Like that's just statistically. But are they actually? So I, th- I think the conversation is now about the greatest GAA team of all time, and they're right there with the Dubs. Mm. Like, well, hold hard on. To compare though. Uh, are they right there with the Dubs? They're right, right there. They're nip and tuck. Yeah, right? if they win two more All Irelands, they're right there with the Dubs. Uh, if, so it, it'll be it'll be five next year. Yeah, but it'll actually be six and seven. Mm-hmm. And so um, they are they're catching up on the Dubs. Like the, the most uh, mic drop moment for me was the 30th point when it goes over the bar and Kylie and Kinnerk just embrace it's like because that was their target yeah it was obviously yeah. very much a, there we go like they didn't care about the 29th point but the 30th point was like we've done it we've reached like so they're, they're such just killers uh, they don't hold back lovely photo there on, on screen of John Kylie and Joe McKenna um, 
man, it gave a lot to Limerick hurling as well. It was nice to see that little moment. Those eyes. Oh. Kylie's eyes. <laughs> Sorry, that, Kylie. Uh, that five minute period when he was on his own up there with his kids, they lifted a trophy together <laughs> and then he took it himself. But so. Up the JP. Uh, they, they actually went into a highlights thing in the stadium oh. for a couple of minutes and I was like oh they're going to miss the John Carley presentation here and the highlights kept going but he he was last right and he was waiting for everybody else and loads of people that brought their kids up and he was like halfway up when he was like oh I don't know my kids with me and so he legs it onto the field like literally kind of some of the Kilkenny players are coming through the tunnel and he's kind of gently waiting for them politely going hurry up lads and he legs it over and grabs the two girls and then suddenly they're like the, the three of them are up there um, and then he lets them go and then he has a little moment where he has a dance and he's dancing for about two minutes leading the crowd in a sing song and then he spots JP and brings him down and it's like uh, it was the most celebratory I haven't seen all the trophy lifts now because some years you're just trying to get out but um, a massive crowd stayed as well and a lot of Kilkenny people stayed I think they were appreciating what they'd seen. Yeah, I know. I was noticing that when they ran away with it at the end of the game. I didn't see on TV anyway a lot of Kilkenny fans leaving. But that uh, five-minute period or so where Kylie just went into overdrive was magic. Love seeing that. Oh, even before his Absolutely interview on loved TV, it. he was losing the head. No inhibitions, like, just went for it. Yeah. Mm. And uh, that is, like, to apparently cliche, that is what it's all about, though. Like, that is just brilliant to see. Why do you think you were, was it because I don't know, it's four I'd in say, a row? I'd say it's relief because it was before the semi-final against Galloway he was getting a bit ratty with media, felt it was a bit of an unfair dig at, at his players and his squad and the perceived unfair advantage that they have and he obviously disagrees and he said they put a lot of work into it, this is all very natural stuff. Start, so I think it's the release of energy. Yeah. yeah, and the start of the year was the there's a softening up going on against us. So like it had been the slow steady build and the, the, like the Munster Championship. They, as somebody in the comments says, they needed Tipperary to screw up for them to be able to win the competition and winning that competition gave them the time off yeah. to work on stuff and get everybody back fit as opposed to playing an extra game. That's, you know? why, I, that's why I think Munster might be more of a challenge for them these days than the latter part of well, that's, Ireland. Like. That was the consensus among the people I was speaking to. Yeah. Yeah, just get out of Munster because they're nine points every final victory, nine point final victory. I mean, just they're a Croke Park team. Like, uh, all the cliches about the great teams, like, well, they really do come alive in Croke Park. They seem to understand the geometry of the stadium better than any team has ever played there. It's also like the Limerick support. Uh, uh, the, there should be a word of the Limerick support because Ashing O'Reilly spoke to a few ones in the, uh, outside Crook Park, and they actually said the interest in this team has reached fever pitch. Like you think in the first year, this will be at, at its highest, but every year the Limerick get better and better. And I met Hammy Dawson, a Limerick super fan, down in Limerick last week. They lose their heads over this team, like and rightly so. They're unbelievable. Cal O'Neill is twenty-one years of age, comes off the bench and but does yeah. what he does as well. Like yeah. the future, this, it's not the end of this team either, which is scary. Uh, no, the age profile is good, but at the same time, Munster was a real struggle for them. Like, mm. Clare, right there with them. Oh, Clare. Clare must be kicking themselves. What the hell do they have to do to beat Kilkenny? Because I, I think Clare would have had more in the tank in the last yeah. 10 minutes. And I don't know if they just understand a bit more or if they're less in awe of this Limerick team because they play them more often. I don't know. I don't know. Let's talk about that with Seamus Hickey in a moment. There's one more left, Waterford, and we're going to do this in more detail with Sarah Donovan. Yeah, I think we should mention definitely Waterford. Uh, after the weekend, of course, Cork uh, progressed into the All-Ireland Camogie final as well with a 15 points to 2-6 win over Galway. But um, yeah, it was really all about Waterford, wasn't it? And 78-year uh, gap bridged. Um, started out of the blocks pretty slowly in that semi-final as well, but I mean, came into it. And uh, in the end, it was a 112 to 111 uh, win over, over Tipperary. Uh, that slow start, 1945 was their last appearance in a final uh, Beth Carton, player of the match, um, but other players stepped up to the mark as well. Vicky Faulkner in defence, 
Lorraine Bray as well. It was Carton that gets ma- uh, player of the match because she gets eight points, half of them from play. Um, Tip probably be kicking themselves a little bit. They had chances, but Waterford certainly the the story of the weekend. Of the it Camogie. was a seriously slow start, wasn't it? They were one seven to three points down. Mm. Waterford after twenty five minutes so to come back from there and for Tip to only score four more points, like the unbelievable performance after the twenty fifth minute onwards. But yeah, like you say, we'll talk about to Sarah about it. But seventy eight years of waiting. Here we go. Two weeks time. Uh, right, that's this week's performance rankings. OTBAN's performance rankings.